You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lacey Finley. Happy Monday and, like, console release week. Yeah, no kidding. It's been... I know everybody's excited. You got your PS5s and your Xbox Series Xs and Ss and and whatever. All the stuff. (laughs) All the (laughs) stuff. All the new games coming out with it. Yeah. You're all excited, I'm sure. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm not going to be... Uh, oh, I'm not an early adopter of any no. technology. I've learned that lesson in my life. I mean, trust me, I do I do want to get my hands on one oh, sure. at some point. And I will say I'm, I'm struggling with something right now mm. when it comes to releases because I really, really, really <laughs> want to play Miles Morales. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I can because, yeah. you know, I do have a PS4 and it's sure. going to be available on PS4. And I know that I could roll it over to the PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. for free because they said that was a thing. But mm-hmm. I'm also a Spider-Man fanatic and I kind of want the new upgraded You're remaster. Right, the nice pretty one. Yeah, yeah, because I would love to. I would play it yet again. I've played the game thoroughly twice since mm-hmm. I got it. It's the first time I've done that with a game in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely play it a third time, but they're not allowing me to purchase that one and then get that rollover. Uh, it seems to be this barrier, which <sighs> I feel like is garbage. If I bought it, <laughs> I should have it for both if you're doing yeah, the free upgrade, you know? I feel like we were confused about that when they first announced it, too, where I was like, wait a minute, this direction, but not this direction? Yeah, it just doesn't, yeah. It doesn't make sense. So I've... I really, really want to play it, but I want the, the I want the shiny thing. Well, at least take comfort in knowing that even if it's a year from now that you get the PS5, I'm sure you'll still be able to purchase said game. It just may not be in a fancy bundle, and who knows? By then, it might even be cheaper because it's been out for a year. That's true. That's true. I, that is that I mean, is one thing I have. I mean, it'll be a long of... year of waiting. I know because mm. you'll like badly want to play Miles or so I have to suck it up and I guess buy it twice. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I'll... doing that either. But... No, I mean, I'll 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 suffer. I understand it's great. So even if I did get it, me coming on here and telling you it's great, it doesn't. You know, it's gonna be great. Right. Everyone already is saying it's great. I've seen tens across the board just about. Mm-hmm. You don't need me to tell you that. So I know it's going to be good. You don't need a review from me. Uh, I'll just, I'll wait it out. Mm-hmm. I want, I kind of want that to be my introduction to the PlayStation 5. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, that's fair. Like, like you want that to be your, the first yeah. game you load up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I know that I've got a great game waiting for me. A game that I am excited to play 
for when I do get a PlayStation 5. So it's it makes it all the more magical and special for me. Mm-hmm. Despite how, because I've heard that complaint, well, it's not that long. Doesn't, I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> yeah. I just want to play as Miles Morales, swinging around New York, mm-hmm. being Spider-Man again, doing all that fancy jazz and whatnot. And who knows what will happen over time, how many suits they'll release or whatever. I'll just be ready when all that crap comes out. I'll be ready for it. I'll be excited. And they'll have the kinks worked out if exactly. there was anything that, mm-hmm. you know, bugs. the console and all that stuff. was working through. Sure. That's always my thing is because mm-hmm. tech just hates me by yeah. just my sheer existence. So it's always safer for me to give new technology a year because inevitably I will be that person that gets that small percentage of a bug mm-hmm. that they're, oh, yeah, well, they'll push out an update. But I'm like, dang it. Dang I'm you. stuck now <laughs> until it happens. You know. But all this said, and I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything for next week, mm-hmm. but. Uh, there may possibly, maybe possibly be a sneak preview for Miles Morales next week, but don't hold me to that, but I feel confident in saying that, uh, I probably will talk about it a little bit next week, hands on, just saying, but I don't want to tell, I don't want to say anything, yeah, I don't want to say anything more than that. Because I want people to be like, oh, what's next week? I just I just gave you a tease to come back next week and, and what's, see what's, what all that's what's about. It's rolling around in the old noggin right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Um, a few things I want to touch on real quick. Uh, congratulations to democracy. And I'm going to leave that there. Whoever you voted for. I, I don't I don't want to say anything negative. I know we've spoken negative in the past. Yes. Uh, just understand that democracy won this week We're because this is it. how it goes. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if if I'm going to play devil's advocate, it worked in 2016. It did, and it worked in 2020. Just going to lay that out there, yes. and I'm going to leave it there. So, congratulations to democracy for doing its job and being what it is, Absolutely. and hopefully, it does not get undermined. Secondly, uh, I, I know I haven't really touched on this a lot. I know I've mentioned it in the past, but I'm going to bring it up again because, you know, we don't do a lot of things here merch-wise, but sure. we do have this Teespring store, the Super Mega Crash store on Teespring. If you want to yes. go over there and just take a look, around, I added a few little things. Ooh, uh, I'm still fun. not, you know, fun doing a whole lot. But I guess I'm, I need I want feedback. You know what I mean? That's why I'm not adding a lot. But we do have some stuff over there with our avatars, uh, the logo. Things, you know, just teach. You can get a mask if you want to wear a mask. You know, Ooh, there you go. Yeah, get you a mask that says Superman Crash Brother Turbo on it. Uh, you can get a, a coffee mug. You can get a sticker. You can get whatever you want. You know, a keychain maybe. Maybe a keychain. I, I, key I probably chain. need to create a, a t-shirt with a logo on it. I didn't do that. I was I was working on the little things thinking, yeah, that would be good. But mm-hmm. I could do that, too. I could do yeah, that, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm going anywhere these days. But, right. you know. But you can get a thought. mask. Yeah. Get a mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get you a mask. You're, a mask. You know you're going to be wearing that. So For a while, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yes. But, yeah. If, if you want to go check it out, Super Mega Crash Store, Teespring. Just, just give it a look. See, you know, you don't have to. I'm not. You don't have to buy anything. Just consider it. And if, if you think of something 
that you would like to see on a t-shirt that involves Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo, let us know, and, and maybe I'll whip something up for you. There you okay. go. There you go. Very fun. Fun. So, uh, what you been playing? So, of course, Slay the Spire and Fallout Shelter. We'll just assume that's like the norm moving forward for a while. I don't understand why I get re-addicted to certain games, but here we are. But I didn't get as much time with it this week as I was hoping I would. Mm-hmm. But I dove into No More Heroes. Oh. I uh, took up your suggestion and snagged up only the first one mm-hmm. uh, while I was on sale just to see if I was going to like it or whatever. And that that's an interesting game. It is. <laughs> Told you. That's all I could say. I haven't gotten terribly far. I think I'm on like the third person, third assassin. So I'm mm. trying for rank eight or yeah. something right now. And she's really pissing me off. I oh, think that's, that's why uh, I put her down for a minute because her sh- last, yeah, her, sorry, spoilers, maybe three, two, one. Duh, duh, duh. But like her last move, I still for the life of me cannot figure out how to dodge it. And it's pretty much that's all she wrote when she throws yeah. that last one out. And I was getting so pissed because I had the dodging and everything down pat for the whole fight, you know, and it would go mm-hmm. into that slow mode kind of thing. And I'd tear her up and... And then that last big move would happen. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I just, I get floored. And I got so pissed that night that I had to just rage quit. Because I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't understand why I can't roll fast enough out of the way for that particular move. And it probably was about 30 minutes of me attempting it that I had to just like, you know what? I I can't right now. I'm getting so pissed because it's so early in the yeah. game. I feel and like for me to be having this much trouble when the rest of them, you're just like kind of like creaming easy, mm-hmm. you know? But, what, uh, I, what I love about that, because you're not the first person to make this same observation. Like, what the hell? This is only number mm-hmm. eight. And this is how I explained it to them. I said, this is a game that throws out all expectations. You're going to be surprised by this. Yes, Shinobu is one of the hardest fights you will have. But then you'll come across the next one right after it, and you'll be like, why was that so hard? And this one's so damn easy. And it just it it mixes up your expectations because you think, oh, it'll be easy until I get to the end. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're right. not going to do that. Yeah. There's actually a fight you're going to come to, and I won't spoil it for you once you finally do get past her, that you have this idea about what this fight's going to be because when it starts you're like i don't even know where to begin with this and then they twist it on you in a way that i didn't see coming (laughs) and i was like oh well all right then okay that's how this is gonna go now no i mean i'm having fun with it but i i I admit i got super pissed at that and the fact that you could tell it's an older game so you can't like skip through cut scenes or anything Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. the constant having to watch the one over again finally wore on my nerves enough that i was like i gotta set this down for tonight (laughs) no that's kind of starting to quote the whole beginning line you know over and over again um but yeah no I think my only complaint would have been because I know it's from the Wii. Mm-hmm. I think I would have enjoyed the port where I could have just used a regular controller. Right. I, after a while, I get kind of tired of having to move the thing around. And I feel like the controls for like slicing yeah. aren't as responsive. So like if I'm going right and that's the way the arrow goes, I feel like I nail it every time going up. 
Like, yeah, I feel like I got to flick it like two or three times for it to register. And then finally it will, you know, I feel like left uh, side to side, but up and down that controller. I've tried putting it at an angle to see if that's how it wanted it. I've tried laying it flat and it's just kind of like a hit or miss when it wants to go up or down. So mm. I could totally do away with the Wii controls. Sure. Absolutely. I would have had so much more fun, I think, if it could have just been ported for a regular controller. But very small gripe. Very small gripe. Like, mm-hmm. I understood that that's what it was built for. Um, and we'll deal with it. But <laughs> So I will get through it. But yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's ridiculous. Um, so tomfoolery to be had, which is always up my alley. And mm-hmm. so hopefully I can get through it and uh, really, really get to enjoy it. Because I feel like I'm still way too early to like really have gotten into the story. But I yeah. see what you mean too about the needlessly being open world. Yeah. It's like it's I would have kind of... of just rather click on the quest and go to it mm-hmm. than having to like drive all the way there or back and forth. And they're like really kind of far apart. Like when yeah. you pick up a job and then go to the job site. Although I kick ass at some mowing lawns. Just I saying. Bet. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I wasn't very good. The coconut one kind of just like was yeah. too dull. So I just couldn't bring myself to come back and do it because it was just so ridiculous that you got to sit there and tap the button. So he, 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 as he's carrying <laughs> coconut, you know, and trying to run, but getting tired. I'm like, okay, I can't do this. There's too many like annoying little noises and like the camera angle. Um, I can't just adjust it on the fly. So it's like, I have to turn him all the way around <laughs> to get the camera to work. So uh, but yeah, I think, I think I'll enjoy it. I think if I sit down with a clear head and then that's my first fight that maybe I could get her within one or two. Cause I had yeah. been playing for a couple hours at that point when I got to her and then got a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. I was like, we got to walk away. But, yeah. uh, but I yeah. remember, I remember her being, I mean, like I said, she is difficult, but there is good reason for that. You will find this stuff out as you progress. There is not just, not just for the sake of. Uh, throwing out your, or like, changing your expectations, but even story-wise, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So there, there's okay. a very good reason, and you want her to be that. But it's it's a matter of just figuring it out, the the pacing, what you need to do. You'll figure it out. You'll get yeah. it. And once you get past her, I don't want to say it's a breeze, but you I will have like a breeze. I feel like I just got to get that last hit on her, because, yeah. like, her health bar will be, like, what would appear maybe one or two more slices and then she gets me with that big move. And then it's just over and over and over again. And then I'm dead. And I'm like, God, mother, fight it to fight it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throw stuff. Like, I, I think I made it through two. So, like, I had found the little box and got my health all the way up before that big one hit. So I survived mm-hmm. one. And then she went right back into it. And I still couldn't dodge. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I was yeah. just getting so- like this is impossible there's no way to figure it out you know being just like a big baby about the whole thing <laughs> the hubs is playing on the computer i'm like that's just bullshit <laughs> he's like if- yeah i'm kind of getting tired of hearing that whole start over again i'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> if nothing else maybe find a strategy a walk through just say like this is what you got to do not pace yet yourself. Not, not yet yet but i'm just saying if you get to that point just because I don't want you to just give up because you can't get by. I well, want you to get past it. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I can just understand. Need, it's probably just I'm way too, a little bit too slow at doing the dodge roll. Is probably mm. what it is. 
and I ended up too far away from her. Because I know if you're right up on her and then dodge, your odds are a lot better mm-hmm. than if you're trying to roll away if you get pushed too far in front of her or she runs away too far. So that's why I got her down to very little health, like instantly, because I'd almost just get her pinned in a corner and just mm-hmm. keep rolling behind her. And <laughs> Or then she'd do it again, and I'd roll behind her, and I just, like, I had, oh, I was flying through it. I was like, I got this. And then the first time I had that big one, I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, wait a minute. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know why I can't figure out this last one. You're good. But what have you been playing? What have you been playing? Honestly, nothing. Uh, I, I think this week. Yeah, kind of. I think the last time I played Breath of the Wild was maybe a week ago today. Ooh. And it was just, you know, I had that time. Of course, I was traveling, you know. Uh, well, maybe I did play it Monday or the other, yeah, a week ago. I don't know. I haven't played it all week. I'll just say that. I okay. just, I've been focused elsewhere. Uh, I did. I did do some uh, some work on the next episode. Nice. So that's a, I, I got all the dialogue kind of pieced together so I could kind of roll through it and listen to it and see if anything needs to be tweaked. Uh, I personally feel like I'm going to re-record my own dialogue because I always feel like I can do it better. Sure. Like the more I do it and I listen to it, I'm like, no, I can do this better. I can do Don't it Don't drive yourself crazy with it, though. I, I try you not are to. your own worst critic. I am. But I also feel like that when we did it as kind of like a, a base recording, it mm-hmm. was trying to get the, the dialogue down and laid out and everything. And then now I can listen to that and then just go back and try to figure out, okay, well, what in what way can I improve this? Because I've already added in my head, by the way, you're going to have to record one eenty weenty little thing, <laughs> you okay. and Todd both. Because right at the beginning, there was a scene I hadn't quite laid out yet. Like I, I I didn't have it written in the script and then I was thinking of a way to start the episode and then an idea popped in my head and then I was like, okay, so I'm probably going to have you and Todd both record some little snippet of something, you know, very, very simple, very quick, but just some itsy bitsy little thing that I can add in to kind of kick off the scene and go from there because that's how my brain works. And it probably won't be the last time I ask you that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. But we'll see, you know. Yeah. But as far as some of the characters that are going to be in that, there's one character that I cannot uh, ask to re-record. Luckily, all of her lines came out okay Mm -hmm. because, you know, I can't just make another trip up to Ohio and get that line recorded. So... Kind of a kind of a shame they don't have a just a semi decent mic so they could just send it to you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean everything everything sounded good. Uh, every I, I chose the best readings of each, uh, mm-hmm. and I was there to dictate and direct. So I feel like I got what I needed, and and it flows with everything else that's been recorded up to that point. So nice. luckily, and mm-hmm. and. Katrina actually paid me a compliment. I don't know if uh, I told you this or not, but as we were doing the line readings, mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of splitting up lines. Like she was doing her lines and your lines, and then I was doing mine and Todd's. And she said, you know, if Todd was never available, you could probably fill in and no one would notice. I've said that like a million times because I, of how many different voices you can make. I'm like, mm-hmm. if we're having trouble casting, like you could just. 
I mean, if it was such the beauty a, of a voice actor, you mm-hmm. know, if it was a very, very teensy weensy line, which kind of like what I want him to say for the for what I was just mentioning, I probably could do it and just. And no one you would know. notice. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, just, I still find it hilarious that he chose that voice for him to play I know, himself. right? <laughs> I know. And he's committed to it now. So now it's, like, well, it's in there. Late. He's just got to, yeah, he's got to mm-hmm. commit all the way. So it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I haven't played anything. And I'm really looking forward to, I'm, I, I guess I'm just going to say this up front. I'm two weeks I'm taking a, a, a week long vacation and oh. not just not just a way to I'm hoping to actually do some more work on the the animation full you know, like not the entire week, but yeah. I wanna I wanna try to commit a little bit of time to that. Mm-hmm. See if I can get it done. And then of course maybe I'll get some gaming in. Maybe I'll finally get to play Ghost of Shishima and Todd will get off there my back. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we'll see. But what you got in the news uh, category? Anything? <sighs> I got a couple of things. It was a little bit lighter this week because as most of us probably are already aware, the focus was a lot on the reviews coming out for the new consoles that are to be released this week. Um, and, I, and I didn't really feel like there was a whole lot to dive into there because... Mm. The reviews for both seem to be coming out really good, you know, yeah. like it's minor differences here or there, but I, I never really found a review that was really trashing either console for any feature. So um, although there was one fun story, apparently an Xbox fan got their Series X a little early that mm-hmm. ordered it through like a Microsoft Direct in Portugal and already was posting that on Reddit like, oh, my God, look, so there's one lucky person that somehow got sent their Xbox early and they're and they're playing on it that's not a review or a journalist journalist or anything like that so can I can um, I say something about that real quick mm-hmm. I mean as interesting as that is have you ever like I don't do this very often but I actually did this recently uh, for my brother and his wife they were having a baby shower and we weren't gonna be able to make it right mm-hmm. so I wanted to send them a gift and they asked me, in the the shopping card, when do you want this delivered? You could pick your delivery date, and I said, "All right, well, I would feel comfortable if they they sent it like close to the day of mm-hmm. thereabouts. That way, I know that they're kind of getting it, and I don't want to. I don't know when their work schedule is or whatever. So, end of the week, very very close, right there, boom, they'll have it. Mm-hmm. It was set to be delivered on that day, and they still delivered it two days early." I was like, what the, dude, I said on this day and you still, and I got uh, like the delivery confirmation two days early. And I was like, what, what's the point of even asking for you to deliver That's it on the state if you're not going to do it? I guess they figure early is better than late. Yeah. But if I asked you this one day, it's scheduled for this day. Why would you do it early? Why would you do that? I don't know. Defeats the purpose. I think most people are just like, you know what, whatever. We're just going to do our stuff when it <laughs> it, I mean, clearly. But no, this guy, he got he, he was one of those lucky guys that just, you know, they they had that mentality. Who cares? Just send yeah, it now. I don't get paid enough to care this much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or whatever the grumblings might be. 
But Sony did also announce that launch day will be online only for the moment. So for purchases, warn to plan ahead. It seems like they were mostly just trying to let people know like, hey, don't camp out in front of stores or create a crowd or anything. They will not be in physical stores for a little bit. Um, So if you were planning on going to a brick and mortar place to pick it up, Sounds like you best be getting online and hoping that there is a unit left for you to purchase to hopefully have it close to when it's released. So it's still saying scheduled for November 12th or 19th, it looks like, depending on where you live in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that seemed to be about the only thing as far as the consoles this week, because they're both getting really good reviews. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything earth shattering. Nobody's saying their, you know, living room went up in flames or whatever. So it sounds like it's going to be an exciting time for gamers right now. So, right. Uh, Although this one I found interesting. Maybe it could have been a weird news. I don't know. Let's see. Gabe Newell, which most of us know, owner of Steam and all Mm -hmm. of that good stuff, is is launching a Half-Life inspired titanium gnome into space. Why? Yeah, this, that, I don't know, even after reading the whole thing, that I was completely certain why this was the way we were going to go. Um, but you can actually watch the journey, if you would like, <laughs> via a live stream. So apparently, this is a way to thank New Zealand for its hospitality during COVID. You see, Gabe had been in New Zealand, apparently, this whole time, and visited friends at, um, one of the workshops and Rocket Lab, which is a Long Beach aerospace company uh, in Auckland. And so the 3D printed gnome is apparently a tribute item from Valve's video games and was designed by the Weta Workshop, which is one of the places that he visited while he was there in New Zealand, uh, which worked on uh, movies we probably Avatar, Mulan, Lord of the Rings franchise, mm-hmm. and it'll blast into space on one of Rocket Lab's rockets. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> for every viewer who watches the satellite launch live stream or the online recording within 24 hours of launch in mid-November, Newell said he will donate a dollar to the pediatric intensive care unit at Starship Children's Hospital in Auckland. And so apparently the gnome is a tribute to Gnome Chomsky, which is an item that first appeared in Valve's game Half-Life 2 Episode 2 before popping up in other Valve games. Mm. So that was the bulk of the story. I still don't understand how shooting this gnome up into space is a tribute unless it's all just a nice way to really show off the tech that's going on there. And uh, just a fun way to raise some money for pediatric intensive care. I guess when you have FU money, you can do things like this. So (laughs) just kind of a fun, random thing that I saw going on. And uh, yeah, so we can can all watch a titanium 3D printed gnome get shot into space. So thanks, New Zealand. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, So that happened or will Uh happen. But the only other like bigger news that I kind of saw this week is uh, it's another Twitch story. Twitch again and again and again and again and again. Mm. And it's just common knowledge now that there will always be some dumpster fire happening there, I think. Uh, but among the slew of bands that have been getting doled out for DMCAs, they're, they're, they're on it now, guys. They're on it now. Um, it's the ads that are even becoming more problematic because we've already heard the whole back and forth about how they were trying to get streamers to run their own ads and streamers wouldn't. And then they were forcing mid-roll ads and all of this stuff. So 
I've also noticed that uh, I don't really do a whole lot of Twitch watching these days. And admittedly, it's because these ads have kind of driven me away from the platform as far as browsing goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have been a problem for Twitch more so. The ad blockers this time, Twitch has figured out how to get around the bigger, better ad blockers. Um, and I can speak from experience because, yes, I'm one of those people. I use uBlock Origin, and I've noticed now that it it is not getting blocked on Twitch anymore at all. Um, but they've also been accused of downgrading the video quality for viewers who are using these ad blockers as a way to force you out of even attempting it. Um this, I, I mean, I just don't even know anymore. Apparently, this was a bug, though, with the video downgrading. Mm-hmm. So fixes were rolled out as all as this seemed to happen on November 5th was when they started getting a lot of reports from people going, I'm watching large streamer. You know, why is the video quality at like 480? Right. Uh, so as of right now, your video quality apparently is no longer suffering if you use ad blockers, but the pre-roll ads are making their way through. So it sounds like we all just have to deal with it moving forward or go somewhere else for your entertainment. I mean, I, I get the, the, the gripes just because it is a live platform. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've kind of accepted it with YouTube or really any other way we watch TV or something like that. But on Twitch, it's it's I, I don't know how you fix it. I really feel like it should be in the streamer's control. And they mm-hmm. I've heard some have contracts where they actually have to roll so many ads per stream. And I feel like if they worked it into their schedule better because then you could determine, Hey, I'm going on break. I got to use the restroom or something. I'm going to roll two or three ads. If you need to stretch, if you're a subscriber, you're not going to see it anyway. You know, there's one guy that I watched. It's a free way to support the stream gets up. It'll force you to take more breaks. Even think of it that yeah. way, you know, but I, I, I wish it was just given 100% their control, but We've also noticed that streamers just don't want to do it because it's live content. So it's it's this power struggle now back and forth with these two, and we'll we'll see what's going on. But the DMCA bans are coming down. They are aware of Twitch. They are watching Twitch. I've seen people getting banned for two to three seconds on an alert that they used to use just a tiny piece of a song on and get banned <sighs> from. So guys, clear it out. Unfortunately, I think the larger streamers will probably be the first ones to be made an example of. Because if you look at somebody who's getting 15, 20, 30,000 views and playing that song, mm-hmm. they're going to equate that to how much they could have gotten had each individual listener been listening to that song on a legit service or something. So cut it out. Cut is it, it out. Is it worth it? I mean, Some of them really feel like they're bigger than this and that they're like, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm like, ugh, just the hubris on some streamers sometimes. I'm just, you realize you'll be the one they'd want to make the example out of. Yeah. Not somebody who has 10 to 20 viewers or 50 even, but somebody who has tens of thousands. What better way to send a message? It's you think the just... DMCA people give a crap? No, you know? they don't. I mean, clearly. Exactly. They want their money. Yeah, money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. We want that penny that that three seconds was gonna earn for us money. Yep. Okay. I just, I just, 
I don't know. It, well, again, it, it, and this could be just a very long, drawn-out debate, too, because a lot of it is, is like, if we could just update laws that reflect today's society instead of from 1998, you could try to work together a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. They're not in a place where they're willing to have those discussions right now, so we'll see what happens in the future, but just know... Just stay away from that copyrighted music if you don't yeah. know it or have permission. And even even if even if you're sure, because I've even had this fight on YouTube with Man Cave. Mm-hmm. Okay, episodes three and six of season two, I use music that was given to me by the artist. Mm-hmm. I had his blessing. He gave me the music. And I still got a copyright strike. And I fought them saying I got permission from the artist. Mm-hmm. And they didn't hear it. They're like, nope. So it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough battle. And even if you do have the rights to it, I've heard it can still cost you exorbitant amounts of money just to even prove it. So even if you see that... We've been saying this, that indie musician on Twitter, like, hey, I give you permission. In 10 years from now, if that person gets signed to a big label, Mm -hmm. that label now might own it, you know, like, so, because I've heard that too, where people have had stuff up on YouTube for years and just started to get a copyright strike on stuff, you know, so it's, you just... Can't just trust them at face value. You got to get that written permission. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now I just have a few quickets. All like right. I said, I did as, as much as I could looking through. There wasn't really a whole lot of big news this week. I think we're all gearing up for these console releases. So maybe next week we'll have a whole mess of news since people mm-hmm. have had their hands on it this whole week. Uh, but one of the bigger quickets that I saw and people were excited about, there's a new Mass Effect game. That was announced. Mm -hmm. Uh, This dropped alongside the news that a remaster of the original trilogy is on its way titled Mass Effect Legendary Edition. But they dropped hints that they're making a brand new one as well. So people were pretty freaking excited about that. If you were a Mass Effect fan, might be a good time for me to check it out once they get it remastered and everything. Yeah, I've I've never played it either. I haven't either. I guess after hearing the the part three debacle, the ending of that, I was just like, hmm. But I know that's unfair to judge all three based on right. one. And if they're going to remaster it, it's like Mafia. I've kind of wanted to check out Mafia. Yeah, I want to check out the, the new remaster also. You know, I just, I never have played the games. Seems like it's something I'd be into, but I don't know. I don't know. I think you would. Two was always my favorite, but now mm. that, you know, one came out remastered and kind of looks like two and how it plays and everything, mm-hmm. it would be kind of fun to go back and play it that way, having played the first one the way that it was you know yeah and just see but uh yeah you probably would actually i guess i think you'd like to and i I, don't think you have to play the first one to know what's going on in two at all yeah i think i'm just waiting for a discount get them cheap and then just be like i'll check them out now (laughs) that's totally fair uh let's see bethesda provided some details this week on their next mmo titled starfield Basically, though, just to tell us (laughs) we're working on it, but there's not going to be any updates coming anytime soon. So, but just we just wanted to let you know where we are doing things. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That was about all I could see. It was like, hey, just trust us. It's getting worked on. But, you know, uh, (laughs) not for a while. 
Uh, Activision Blizzard made $1.2 billion in microtransactions last quarter. Quarter! Go to hell. (laughs) Which mostly actually came from Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and Warzone was the biggest chunk. 1.2! Jesus Christ! (laughs) But it figures because that's... Those are the people that do it. This is why they're fighting so hard to keep it in there, man. Of course. Hand over fist. Uh, Sad news, though. Kerbal Space Program 2 got pushed to 2022. Mm. I mean, they've had it. They've kind of had a rough, rough, rough time going on here with. Well, weren't we the ones talking about the whole story with the, you know, let's pretend it's a new company and buy up all the people and push out the death. Yeah. So they've had a rough go of it. So. (laughs) Give them time, but at least it's not canceled. Sure. They said 2022. Um, The Medium, which was to be Xbox Series X and S, respectively, exclusive game, has also been delayed to the end of January 2021. Mm -hmm. The year of delays. Um, One thing I saw, too, Sony confirmed that the PS5 won't actually support SSD storage expansion at launch. They said that, yes, it does have the slot for it. But, but it just won't be enabled right away. Well, they're going to have to fix that because I saw a video where they were talking about transferring all your da- uh, data. And they were just like, here's what you can do. Hook them together. Transfer it via Wi-Fi. Or you can do it uh, signing into your account. Or just plug in an, an SSD you know, external hard drive or whatever and, and mm-hmm. transfer it that way. I was like, no, okay. So if you're saying that on your video... Maybe that's the only way people have it. Just not at launch. Like Mark Cherney said, it'd be great if that happened by launch, but it's likely to be a bit past it. So please hold off on getting that M2 drive until you hear from us. Now you were way too (laughs) emotional for that, for that, for that line reading. You should have been a little bit more robotic. It's Mark Cerny we're talking about. It'd be great if that happened by launch, but it's likely to be a bit past it. So Please hold off on getting the M2 drive till you hear from us. There you go. Nailed it. That was it. Beautiful. There we go. (laughs) Felt like he was in the room for a minute. Mm -hmm. I got scared. Uh, So simply stating that not all M2 SSDs are fast enough to keep up with the PS5 right now. Or thin enough to fit in the bay or even compatible with the Sony controller. So it looks like they did all of these things and was like, oh, but the tech actually isn't good enough just yet so we made technology too big i don't know it's coming with a pretty big hard drive so you guys can figure it out from there again i'm not going to get it on day one so (laughs) but just letting you know hold off on buying those extra drives just yet because apparently it won't be ready for a bit he didn't say how long a bit is it's (laughs) just a bit (laughs) wow all right all right. Yep. Hey, I know you're all excited about this one. Twitch announced a virtual TwitchCon. Maybe now the lines will be under control. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go. <laughs> but guess what they're calling it, man? The irony is kind of great here. It's a virtual TwitchCon. Mm-hmm. They gave it a clever name. Or, well, well I'm clever, in, <laughs> clever for Twitch. Yeah, I, um, I got nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> glitch con oh fuck you (laughs) (laughs) all right well our glitch con's gonna happen on november 14th so there you go if you were bummed that there was no twitch con now we can do it virtually 
I just saw the name and I'm like, really? I don't. All right. <laughs> I only went to see Friends and now it's no different than then. So I don't care. Yeah, that's true. I was the same way. Uh, Nolan North did give us a little video this week talking about his visit on the uh, the new Uncharted movie and talks about it there. Uh, he tells us he thinks they stayed pretty true to the game, which gave me a little bit more hope. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go watch the full video if you like over on YouTube, but it made me happy to hear that he was on the set and saw what they were doing and, mm-hmm. and is excited about it. So yeah, maybe I that did, means good things to come. I did watch a little bit of that when it was airing live and... I was curious. I wanted it because mm-hmm. I could I could hear like I remember him talking like he had reservations early on. Yeah. Like he wasn't sure. And he's like, I just don't know if you can do this. And that was, you know, this is long before they started filming. I think is when they announced it. For sure. And now that he's seen it in action and that's usually how it works. If you can actually get your hands on it and see it, it kind of assuages a lot of fears. Same, like Heath Ledger, that's a great example when they said he was joker i'm like what and then i saw him in action yeah and then i'm like all right i'm on board you you got to subvert your expectations sometimes and just (laughs) trust that what they're saying could could be a good thing so even even sometimes the things that you think you want and then you get them you're like i don't want this yeah Yeah. you know but at least now you know, because you can visualize it. You saw it. It's not yeah. scary anymore. You're seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of scary, Molina's MK Ultimate gameplay, though, eh? Did you watch that? I did. That was <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Biting people's necks. a strong necks. stomach for that one, man. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> mm. Oof. That's I heard all people I had on that quick it. <laughs> well, I heard people I, like I didn't go deep diving into it because I, all I could do was just shake my head and like, God damn, people got to complain about something. Is people were bitching about her fatality? Why I don't know. I, I yeah, mean, I it, can't imagine what would be wrong with it. I guess. I or, guess maybe it's just not cool enough, or it's didn't not. Didn't they water in the game? Yes, Weren't all these all people like were clamoring? just like. Bring Melina in, Melina, and all this. I mean, it was just like this this troll train that they did on Ed Boon for the longest time, where it was just like, you've got to put her in the game. Oh, my God. And then now that they've got her, they're going to complain about Evil. something. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Well, I thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked brutal, gory, gross, which I figure checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Although... I don't follow the series, so keep that in mind, of course. I'm not sure. one of those people who buys it and plays it all the time. So, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't and matter. I'm sure you'll be excited here. Epic is giving V-Bucks bonuses to Fortnite players on iOS and Mac platforms. Probably oh, as a way God. to keep them playing somehow, <laughs> even though they can't really access it anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But, I mean, if you're an iOS player, Epic will give you a V-Bucks bonus equal to the amount of unspent V-Bucks purchased through the App Store. So, there you go. You can double your V-Bucks. If you had one, you got two. an update you'll never get. (laughs) I guess you'll never get the next season. But the old season, as many V-Bucks as you like. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bonus is expected to hit accounts on November 9th, if you were curious. So, there you go. So, today. So, today. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Um, And Fortnite is also set to return to iPhones if... You have NVIDIA cloud gaming service. So there's like a little workaround for you here. Apparently, Apple still doesn't get a cut from the virtual items sold when played this way. 
Mm-hmm. Lol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, when I read that part, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, like, is Apple just going to shut down NVIDIA Cloud Gaming down too? <laughs> at this point, why not? Well, I guess only if NVIDIA tries to sue Apple, maybe. I don't yeah. know. However. I'd, I'd rather, you know, my NVIDIA GeForce GTX not go to waste thanks to mm-hmm. Apple bastards. Ah. I feel Not that like I use it or anything. I don't <laughs> I haven't used an Apple product in a really long time. I know. <sighs> but I know. Don't be mad. But that's like, that was it. That Ooh. was it this week. Ooh, he's got one though. I got I got one teeny weeny little one that uh-huh. I saw. And it makes me excited. And it probably make me more excited if I actually play the game already. But I don't play the game. And I know mm. I want to. <laughs> I should. I have it. I didn't I just, know I wanted to. But yeah. I want to now. I know. But. It's it's just one of those things. It's like, oh god, I want to play it. Oh my god, I want to I want to get that thing. But uh. so uh, uh, Fall Guys added a little Godzilla costume, and I was like, ah, <laughs> that's cool. And you got to get so like cute. ten crowns or something to get it. And they're like, ah, that's cool. And they're like, limited time. I'm like, oh no, I I've played very little and never got a crown. Yeah, I've not played at all, and ten crowns you seems like a lot. On the- well, did you download it for the free when it was free? No, on yeah, PS4? yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I've downloaded it. I have it. I just I've yet to play it. And gotcha. then now they're saying you got to get ten crowns, limited time only. And I'm like, well, I guess yeah. I'm not getting that because yeah. I'm not going to stop You'd have everything. To get ten wins. Yeah, to stress over getting a little Godzilla costume. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, cool. If I was playing that, that's what I would want to be running around in a little Godzilla costume. Yep. But I would have to stop everything I'm doing. Commit to getting 10 yeah. crowns right now to get this costume for this game that I might play every now and again and then never touch again. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know the feels. Still cool. I, w- I would want it, but I'll be Ain't fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. Especially if you've never loaded it up. Yeah. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, anyway. Yeah. Like, if I had nine crowns and all I needed was one more to get it, oh, yeah, I would be on it. Right now. Who knows? You might be awesome and don't even realize. And you would just knock out 10 wins in a row. Never know. know. I don't know. I just. I feel like that's impossible. But. Yeah. I have. I have too much going on to add yet another thing. (laughs) That's that's fair. That's what I hate about (laughs) all of this. Every time I turn around, I'm just like, like this week. Okay. So, like I said, I didn't play the the Breath of the Wild. It's because, you know what? I committed and I said, I had those Marx Brothers films that I had not touched since mm-hmm. I got them. I said, you know what? No, this week I'm going to watch those. I'm going to watch the Marx Brothers this week. I need a good laugh. There we go. And I yep. did. And I enjoyed it. So that's what that's why I didn't play the games, because I committed to something else. I, ha- I cannot do all these things at once. So I have to commit to one thing at a time. Multitasking really isn't a thing. Mm-mm. I don't have all the time in the world that I wish I did. Yeah, that's fair. Don't yeah. we? I feel like I had way more time this summer anyway, and I can't tell you that you would get much more done. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own. We all started quarantine thinking we're going to learn a bunch of stuff, and by the end of it, we're still just eating massive quantities of food. And I mean, if I could get as much time as possible, if I could get two months off, I I I feel confident I could get a lot of things done that I want to do and free up time for the other things I would like to do. Mm -hmm. 
but that's just that's that's an I could squander it all away. Who knows? <laughs> it's easy to do. It's easy yeah. to do. You're like, well, I got nothing to do tomorrow, so I worry about it right now. Nah. And then that that turns into months of saying that, and then going, well, this year there's nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. Of course, I shouldn't feel bad. I don't know that anyone really will. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. But yeah, I mean, you kind of left us on a cliffhanger. I did. From our big story last week. Mainly because you have no idea what I'm about to, to lay out for you. Not because at all. When I started researching this story, in which we're all going to hear about today, there's, there's a detail that I'm going to leave to the very end. And hopefully, there's a part, like, you, you just, you'll want to know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I will surprise you. I that, that's invested. that's that's my hope. Now you may figure it out before the end. I don't know, but I hope I can keep you surprised. I hope I can keep you on the edge of your seat for the reveal. Ready, ready. Because we were talking about Epic's software, computer software, as it's as it's known, and they they had a E-P-Y-X, nice. Epyx. We have to clear that. Oh up, yeah, right? Epyx, not Epic. Epyx. And they had a, a good run on the Commodore and the Amiga. A lot of these, uh, they're they're not really computer. They are, but they're not. You know, they're they're like console computer type yeah. machines. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I guess it'd be the best way to put it. You yeah. know, not not quite your your typical console uh, gaming console, but it would, leans more toward a PC than a typical like a Nintendo or an Atari or something. like that. Mm-hmm. Even Atari did their own computer at one point, sort of. I don't remember. I I was barely <laughs> alive at that time. Right, you know, we didn't know what was going on yet. Yeah. Concerned but, about food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm still concerned about food. Uh, real quick, I do want to, again, give a shout-out to Jimmy Marr, who was the guy who a lot of this information came from, like, Doing research, I, I start in little tidbits. You know, I was like, I find a detail here, find a detail there. I stumbled upon this dude, and if it hadn't been for this guy and his his blog, a lot of these details would have been falling by the wayside. And I'm really, really condensing what he wrote. Yeah. A lot of these details, like I'm just pulling details as much as I can and trying to fit this into a nice, neat little package that we can present like this. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to him if you want all the details. Links to his little blog are down below. And and he's got tons others that uh, I may or may not look into at some point. But I felt like this was the most interesting one that I've stumbled upon. And maybe, maybe I'll stumble upon another one at some point. But again, shout out mm-hmm. to him for essentially being the source of this information. Excellent. Now, last week, I did, like I said, I told you a partial tale about epics. Uh, And I did so because I felt that condensing this next portion we're going to talk about would really be a disservice. If I just glossed it over, there's there's just so many little bits about it that you have to understand as to why this is such an important story. Why this is an important moment for epics. So I really wanted to give you a meteor tale, you know, than, than just glossing this over. Now, if you recall... Epics was like the developer for the Commodore. That's what we kind of mentioned and touched on last week. They helped keep the platform alive. However, during the massive storm that was Nintendo, 
uh, it was becoming greater or a greater threat than anyone really noticed at the time. Now, the Commodore was becoming outdated, and Epic's refusal to comply with Nintendo's rules, they didn't really want to jump ship, but in doing so, kind of put themselves into a bind. Because if they weren't going to develop for the number one console, the thing that would have kept them alive, you're going to have to come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? Now, I, I, I'm not even sure if I touched on this last week, but keep this in mind. Epic survived the video game crash of 1983. You know, they, they were a part nice. of that, and they got through it alive, which is says a lot about the company. I mean, Atari was the big dog at the time, and they're the ones that, I mean, essentially caused it, and they, they fell apart because of it. Epic skated by thinly somehow and survived on the other side, being like, whew, we got through that, let's just keep going. But again, fighting the next big storm being Nintendo, that was a, a foolhardy decision. But you got to give them a little credit for saying, hey, no, 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 we're going to do this our way. So to do that, to understand their plan, we're going to go back in history for a little bit for that's, you know, full context that's very, very important. Now, back then, numerous staffers at Atari were fed up with the company and they decided to venture out on their own, creating a home console that would essentially double as a full-fledged computer. This hardware was affectionately referred to as Lorraine, was best known in the marketplace as the Amiga. Yeah. However, good ideas can't pay for themselves, so they attempted to fund their machine by selling joysticks and game cartridges to competitors like ColecoVision and Television and even Atari. In fact, the founder of the Amiga, Jay Miner, cut an exclusivity deal with Atari when their initial funds began to dry up. So saying, hey, we're going to be we'll be your go-to person for joysticks and cartridges and all that stuff. Cool, cool. Now, mm -hmm. keep that fact in mind. Okay. okay. Very important fact. Now, unfortunately, during this time, Atari was on the brink of its division from the two separate entities because of the crash. Mm -hmm. uh, this is when they became Atari Core and Atari Games, something we spoke about way back in episode 99 when we spoke about Atari in full. The former company, Atari Core, was taken over by Jack Tramiel, who ironically created the Commodore. I was going to say, why did that name, like, as soon as you said it? Yeah, we, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a big, big figure, big with Atari, and very important to the story. Now, why is it ironic he created the Commodore with all of this? Keep that fact in mind, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a Give great... Give homework, man. Oh, yeah. Just just hang on to these little tidbits. Now, before becoming Atari Core, the company was known as Tremiel Technologies, which was a holding company formed after Tremiel angrily exited the Commodore. The company was looking to purchase other companies for manufacturing purposes as well as technology acquisitions. Amiga was one of the companies approached. However talks fell through when Tramiel said he was only interested in the company's chipset, not the staff. So he was going to just take their technology and piss them all away. Uh, like a typical suit would do. Right? 
fast forward to Atari Corps, and Tramiel stumbles upon that Amiga contract. You remember what we said? Huh? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so fortunately, the Amiga crew were not fools. Soon as they caught wind of Tramiel's acquisition deal with Atari, they began scrambling for a large investor that would save their computer because they knew it was going to happen if Atari got their hands on it. Commodore was immediately interested and sought to buy the company outright to negate any prior contracts. Now, this led to a legal battle that was essentially kind of a tug-of-war match that eventually ended with Amiga staying with Commodore. So, it worked out for them in a manner of speaking. Sure. Fast forward three years and we see Epics bringing on another Amiga co-founder, David Morse, as the new CEO for the company. Now, Morse had a reputation of being a miracle worker and was actually instrumental in the Commodore deal that got Amiga away from Atari. Mm -hmm. Current Epic CEO, Gil Freeman, believed in Morse so much and his ability to save the company that he, as soon as he was hired, it was like, well, you're the CEO, you're the man in charge, now I'm going to just step away over here. That's how much he believed in everything that he saw. They were so confident in this that Epics declared it would be a $100 million company by the turn of the decade. Okay. Pretty bold statement. Yeah, it is. But how is this? Especially in the day and age of what it was. Right? <laughs> but how could you do that? What could this company do to change its course and keep it from failing like so many others? Well, we enter RJ McCall and Dave Needle. They are two of Morris's best engineers from Amiga who had an idea for a new kind of handheld gaming device. At this point in time, handheld gaming devices were nothing more than singular vision creations. Do you remember those that you'd buy from Tiger where it would just be like a, a blank screen and some, some images on there and they'd barely move and they'd be like, meep, oh, yeah. meep, 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 yep. meep, meep. That was essentially all a handheld device was at the time. So when we talk about handheld gaming back in the 80s... Like, it was just like that game, too. Like, it yeah. was sold with that game on it. There was no switching them out. Yeah. Mm. So if you bought a handheld game, it was like you're buying uh, Ninja Gaiden or... or, or Paperboy. Paperboy. Or they even did... Uh, the, the Nintendo's Game & Watch games were those things mm. back then. It's If you don't know what we're talking about, go, go look that up. Because these are a relic of the time. Uh... At the time, they were something special to us. Some were hard as hell. Mm. I remember being so frustrated with them. Uh, but it, it had its charm, I guess, at the time. Like, I don't know if I could play one now. No. But back then, you're just like, huh. Okay. Maybe for like a minute or two for yeah. old time's sake. And just for like, old time's sake. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was what handheld gaming was. But McCall and Needle saw the possibility of something greater. They knew there could be something more than just this singular vision. So, what were they looking to do? They all had this, they all shared in this idea. Like, how could we do handheld gaming in an entirely new way? So, even though they were all on the same page, uh, it wasn't necessarily about money. You know, everyone was on board. They had the money. This was about making it a reality. Because Epix was not a console company. 
nor were they a handheld gaming manufacturer at the time. Like I said, that was like Tiger Electronics and whomever else was doing them at the time. Tiger was really big. That's yeah. I'm going to have to look into them. That'll be a story for another day. There you go. <laughs> I just remembered about it. There's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Micah and Needle did have experience back in Amiga making the joystick. So there was a bit of technology uh, hardware base, I guess, that they, they were aware of. But again, not a, go- not a console. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone one that had never been done. Because again, this is a brand spanking new idea they were thinking of. A brand new outside of the box. But there was a plan. They were going to use an old model Commodore 64 chip as the base. Then they would design custom hardware around it to alleviate the processing power from the chip. A blitter for faster animation, a four-channel sound chip, 3.5-inch LCD display with 160 by 102 resolution. Sounds very weak by today's standards. Just trust me on this. At the time, it would have been amazing. And a color palette of 4,096 colors. Its name? The Potato. Oh dear! Is this how it got started? Are we are we finding are we finding it out? Did it poop hard, and that's why everything's called the potato? <laughs> Could be. I didn't think about that as I was writing it. <laughs> We're always like, I am potato. <laughs> now, granted, this isn't the most earth-shattering name ever conceived, but the concept had never been seen on the market at the time, so it sounds impressive. I mean, like yeah. what it was, just the name wasn't there yet. It was just something they affectionately referred to it as. It's the potato. Okay. Uh, additional ideas for this potato included a multiplayer link port, the inclusion of an accelerometer, with the latter being idea being a little too costly, but as we've seen in today's technology, yeah. it eventually caught on. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else seemed pretty manageable, so a plan was set in place over a two-year time span with $4 million to invest to make the potato a reality. And even after making this gamble, the company found massive success with California Games, which became their biggest hit ever, and that helped keep their investment afloat. But for whatever reason, after the success, the company attempted something they hadn't also done before again. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like a very foolhardy move, considering why change something that works. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> because one thing to kind of keep in mind, if you're not familiar with the games series, Summer Games, Winter Games, California Games, and the latter, these were Olympic-style games, but they allowed them a little bit of charm. Like, they could do silly things with it and make it humorous and, and you know, just simple things just to kind of make it a little bit more fun for the player. As being okay. strict to the books things. Right. They were not official licensed games by the Olympics. But for whatever reason, after California Games, they went and sought the Olympic license for their games games. Because of this, their games became very stiff Atari carbon copies that no one really wanted to play. Atari had, in fact, had those Olympic uh, licensings and no one really cared for those so this unique vision that they had with previous iterations was gone because of Olympic committee rules they said you can't do that you can't do this you can't do that you gotta do this you gotta do that and it took all the fun and joy out of the yeah. games and this move hurt the company financially 
<laughs> I should have gotten some water. I knew this was going to be a long story, and I didn't get any water. Now, another move that didn't help the company was an investment into interactive VCR-based systems. Oh, boy. Yeah, something that was the equivalent of burning money. Because <laughs> that was just a terrible, terrible idea back then. Horrible. But despite these setbacks, Epix was committed to the potato. So much so that that $4 million price tag uh, could have doubled, but that has not been confirmed. Oh, but, okay. you know, Just they... left they, to wonder, huh? Yeah, left to wonder. In fact, there are a few things that are a little hazy, but, you know, that's because people talk. Uh, in 1989, the team presented the potato to a small group of investors at CES, hoping to find a buyer. However, uh, names like Nintendo and Sega took a peek and immediately passed. Uh-oh. No one was really interested in the potato, despite it. Potato? They, it was a great idea, great presentation. In fact, we can all assume why Nintendo took a pass if you look at the year, but we'll get into that in a moment. Eventually, Morris, McCall, and Needle were left with one simple prospect, one singular company and person that really, really wanted the potato, one that prompted some immediate deja vu, Hmm. Atari. (laughs) Jack Tremiel was back and eager to get his hands on that potato. Potato, damn it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, due to past experiences, this led to hesitation from the team because they knew dealing with him was dealing with the devil, but this is the only option on the table. But my potato. Mm-hmm. And that desperation was like blood in the water for Tremiel. Under the deal, Atari would take the potato, rebrand it, and take over all aspects regarding it, leaving Epix with nothing but a software partnership. They lost their potato. <sighs> but in the face of this deal, you tell me, I know it wasn't great, but do you take the deal with the devil or do you watch your creation die? Ah, no, that's always a tough decision because I still think even if it's your baby, you still want to be the one to continually curate it and be the driving force behind it. So it's kind of like either way you slice it, your dream has been kind of effed. Yeah. And that's, I think, where they were at. They just, they didn't want to see it die. They wanted to see it come to fruition. And that's why they desperately took that deal just to make it happen. Now, for the sake of clarity, as I mentioned before, what happened next regarding this deal and every detail from forward is a little questionable because there are a variety of reports that kind of contradict one another. Now, one thing that seems fairly consistent is the deal was put in place where Epics would be given payments as they delivered on the portion of said deal. One of those details was delivering the potato itself like fully fledged formed and everything is like here's here's that and then you do as you wish with it this deal fell through because atari claims epics did not hold up their end of the bargain now 
If I were to take a guess based on what I read, now this is just my opinion. I'm not okay. saying this is fact. But something tells me, based on the details that I read, Atari set a very unrealistic expectation for Epics that they could not meet, and when they failed to do so, they yanked the carpet out from under them. Because this is Jack Tramiel we're talking about. I can't believe that. And this I is mean. a $2 million carpet, if we're going to put too fine a point on it. That's what they were going to be paid. And then they were just like, nope, you failed. You didn't do it, so we can't pay you the $2 million. And due to a clause in the contract, the potato immediately became property of Atari due to breach of contract. just going to ask that yeah. if, if he got it regardless. He did. So, Epix was in no condition to fight a very expensive legal battle, and Tramiel knew that. So, he put them into a situation that they were going to get screwed over one way or the other, and he was going to come out on top. The only option that Epix had at this moment was to just deliver the games it was obligated to deliver for the potato, otherwise they were done. Ultimately, this was yet another avenue Tramiel found a way to screw Epix out of money. As the contract stated, Epix had 60 days to fix any bugs discovered in their software or Atari would withhold payments. As it was told by sources, Atari would not report the bugs until the 11th hour, leaving Epix with no time to fix them. I would have screwed it up hardcore so they didn't even have a product to fix. Well, finally, you know what? I'm not getting paid either way, so screw it. Like I'm, I'm junking this whole thing like accident, quote Mm. unquote. Well, finally, Epics was left or left with an ultimatum. Uh, Tramiel was going to pay them one big lump sum to just walk away, or they could get jack shit. So, Epics had to do what they had to do. Uh, By 1989, they were bankrupt. David Morris. R.J. McCall and Dave Needle ultimately felt betrayed, no shit, uh, by having their pet project stolen from them. And even though they knew who they were dealing with, it was a move of desperation that they really hoped would work in their favor. Because as we recall earlier, David Morris was meant to be the miracle worker. Uh, Just didn't quite work out the same way this time. However, they were able to leave Jack Tramiel with one little problem that could be seen as a consolation prize. The development system of the Potato was built around the Amiga, therefore would only run on Amiga, thus forcing Atari to purchase many of their rivals' platforms for internal development, as well as having to make third-party developers aware of this and having them purchase Amigas as well. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if I don't feel bad for (laughs) you. And while they had no particular hand in this, uh, one month before Atari unleashed the potato onto the world, Nintendo unveiled the Game Boy Mm. and, uh, you know, pretty much smashed and destroyed the handheld market. Because it became the go-to handheld for years to come, leaving. Well, the yeah, you could change games then on that one. And and you know Tetris became the hot commodity. Oh God, yeah, it did. So the potato never had a chance when Nintendo stepped onto the scene. 
But the potato did release and it did sell for five years. It just never caught on. It was bulkier, more expensive, and ate batteries like a starving dog finding scraps. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Furthermore, it became increasingly oh, expensive. Furthermore, it became expensive for the Atari to find suppliers for the potatoes' components at a reasonable cost. This, according to sources, was due to Tramiel's reputation. You know, that that bastard thing that he has. so stellar and upstanding. Uh, And he had burned numerous bridges prior to this. And then when he had to come back to these people for the parts, they were like, oh, you need parts from us? Uh, well, it normally costs X amount of do- dollars, but we're going to double it for you. Just for you. It's a nice Tramiel special, as we'll, mm. we'll, we'll call it here. Exactly. So it seemed like a reckoning was finally coming for Tramiel in some way. Uh, but as I go on and on about this little bitty potato, has it perhaps become clear what the potato was? Maybe not. I feel like I've been paying attention. Okay. Well, while epics, while with epics, it was unofficially the potato, but when it time or when the time came to give it a proper name, they eventually called it the Epics Handy. When okay. control fell to Atari, <laughs> Atari initially called it the Atari Portable Entertainment System, or if you spell it out, apes. <laughs> so, I love people. Atari was like, eh, we can't do that. So, Atari settled on a more fitting name, one that reflected on the idea of connection. Last guess do you know what this is? Are we talking about a handheld? We are. See, I never did so many handhelds, so I bet like you'll say it and I'll go, duh. But for the moment, no, I'm, I'm drawing a, a blank. The potato was actually the Atari Lynx. You don't remember the Lynx? No, I actually don't. Okay. Again, handheld was not my thing. We had a Game Boy because mom got addicted to mm-hmm. Tetris. Sure. But, yeah, I always did, like, PC and just regular console. Well, it didn't really light the gaming world on fire for the reasons that I mentioned before. You know, you had one that was cheaper, better on batteries, and had Mm -hmm. more games to choose from, despite it not being the nice colored picture and whatnot. You know, substance over, uh, what's what's the word? Style over substance or quality. I don't know. Quality over quantity or quantity over quality. Uh, But... If you really look at it, it was ahead of its time and came to life in the most unexpected place as nothing more than a humble little potato. Potato, potatoes. Mm-hmm. Oh. There you go. A little, little history lesson about the Atari Lynx. Is he, is he gone, Tramiel? Did we he finally... Is. Yeah. Okay, He's... I know that's probably horrible to say, but that's just a hate here and when suits just like bully these little guys, they always want their tech. I know. And their brain. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think together, he's. Uh, I don't think he's in charge of anything anymore. All right. Well, boo, boo yeah. to him. 
But it sounds like they ended up getting a deal in the long run anyway, just getting bought out. And then, like, it didn't end up really working out. So they're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I mean, I'd say. <laughs> you know? Or it probably could have been great if they didn't have to, like, mess around in court forever over stuff, you know, sure. and let time pass and tech overtake them. I mean, I think the choices they made, as bad as they became for them, probably worked out better for them in a manner of speaking at least they were thinking ahead because in hindsight a legal battle probably would have destroyed them even worse off taking the lump sum payment despite being bankrupt they're like all right at least we can do something you know mm-hmm. just take the money and go and we'll we'll start over fresh somewhere else Tramiel got his in the end eventually yeah. um i i understand they would have been i would have been devastated too watching my baby that's yeah. that's one of the reasons i'm so paranoid about say say someone came knocking and said hey i want to buy super mega crash adventures we would think it'd be great for our platform all right cool what's the deal and if they're right. any point in that deal they're just like we're gonna take it from you we have ownership i'm like nah dude right and i know i know that could be that one and only opportunity the one and only thing that could jump start my career but if i lost that i would be devastated You'd never be able to create with that again yeah and it, it kills me, and I don't want to do that. So I yeah. sympathize when I hear that some people get their creations taken away. Comic creators are just now uh, yeah. really starting to get their foothold on. Think about this, people. If you don't know this story, I'm going to kind of give you the, the quick condensed history lesson. Joel Siegel and Jerry Schuster, if I got their names right, created Superman. And when they did, they had no idea that he was going to be the icon he is today. And they did not have ownership of this character. And then one day it just took off. And guess what? These guys are broke, poor, homeless, while their creation is soaring high and making a company millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until later in life that someone was like, this is bullshit. They're owed some money. That right. the family finally got something, but I feel like if, I, if I'm not mistaken, one of the creators, like he got it so late in life that it was just like, well, the f- fuck am I going to do with it now? Right. You know, so it just didn't matter. But I guess the solace in knowing that you're getting something—that's why you always see their names attached when it says Superman created by. That's that's something. Same goes with another creator, Bill Finger, who co-created Batman, but you never saw his name until recently because someone did their due diligence and said, no, 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 no. Bob Kane's a a shyster here. He took all the credit for something he didn't do. Yeah. He may have had the idea, but the Batman we know and love today, Bill Finger. Mm -hmm. The Joker, Bill Finger. You know, you've, you've got, I mean... I feel like people love screwing over artists. They do. Like, they just don't respect <laughs> what they do nearly enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I've, I've had to... I've had to... to like, there was a, a moment in time where I heard an argument, and I can't remember who it was between. I feel like it was Kevin Smith and Alex Ross, which that's a, a writer and, a, and an artist, if you want to use that as your basis. Sure. And... Kevin Smith had said something along the lines of just saying Stan Lee created Spider-Man and left it at that. Alex Ross took offense to that. He's like, no, no, no. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko created Spider-Man. And that that caused this argument. And I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, who is right? 
And in essence, it's both. Because Stan Lee may have had the idea. He may have written everything that made Spider-Man Spider-Man. And that character was created in his brain. But the iconic suit that we all know would not exist without Steve Ditko. Therefore, you don't have both. You have one of the ideas. You have to have both. Yeah. Now, if Stan Lee drew Spider-Man and he wrote Spider-Man, then he created Spider-Man. But no, no, no. That iconic suit, that iconic look, and the creation of the character married together, that's how you get it. You credit both. Mm. Yeah, it should be. Mm. But they really do. They just don't get the respect. They deserve way more. And uh, pay your artists, man. Give them credit. Because, again, it it was a visual medium. Sure. It wasn't just a book. You, every, if it was just a book, then fine, you know. Same, same. Video games, movies, mm-hmm. TV, the the characters, the creations, the artists, the the integral artists in the background who create the designs. Mm-hmm. Sure, someone says I like that one. They approve it, but that that person's the one that come up with it. They create came up with it and presented it to you, man. Yeah. This was what came out of my head, my brain, to my finger, to this paper. Yeah. Which which do you like? Yeah. And if they can do something that turns or becomes iconic, then give them a shot with something else because, hey, they might have a few more good ideas up there. And let them still make money off of it. You're still getting rich for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Percentages, <laughs> baby. That's shouldn't all you be struggling do. to live. Yep. But that's uh, that's the story of the potato or the AKA the Atari Lynx. Thank you for the story, man. That was fun. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm glad. We'll see what we got going on for the next one. Well, guys, I know it's a little shorter than normal, but you may not care. Who knows? But that's our show. Mm-hmm. You can uh, hit us up sometime on Twitter at Super Mega Crash, and you can send us an email at supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can go to Instagram to view the weekly icon art that Stephen puts his time and love into. And you can also support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions like Bunny. Mm-hmm. You can tell your friends to find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network or search Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and even YouTube.com forward slash Pencil and Paper Productions. Thank you all so much for listening. I am Lacia Finley. And I am Stephen White. And you can join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.